Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. beautiful people. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. So this has been a much requested episode. Uh, I've had so many messages. I get people asking me all the time about dating and manifestation and love and attracting a partner and all of that sort of thing. And when I spoke on my story about this a few days ago, I had more people than I have ever had ever vote in the poll asking for me to record this episode. So here it is. I'm going to be talking about my dating experiences, how I use dating as a container for healing, and how I use my experiences to refine my manifestation techniques so that I can continue to manifest the kinds of people, the kinds of dating experiences, and ultimately the kind of partner that I desire into my life. This feels very vulnerable for me because I'm very used to speaking about money and abundance and you know, manifesting the life of your dreams and all of that. And I love talking about that stuff and I know that you guys love it, but talking about dating and my personal experiences is a lot more vulnerable for me, but here we go. I'm going to do it. And I'm very much hoping that no one I've ever dated is going to be listening to this, but of course I'm not going to use any names and I have nothing bad to say about anyone. Uh, So we'll see where this goes, but I'm hoping that this will help a lot of you because I know that this is a big struggle for a lot of people. So first thing first, a question that I've been getting all the time is, do you use dating apps? Can you manifest with dating apps? Should I not use them? Are they bad? Uh, Here's the thing. Dating apps are not good and they're not bad. Just like money is neutral, right? You hear me say that all the time. Money is a neutral energy. Uh, It reflects what's within you and same with dating apps they're not good and they're not bad. It's all about how you use them and your energy and the people that you attract to you, who you end up seeing in person, the ones that it works out where you end up seeing them, you go on a date, whatever. Um, they're going to be a vibrational match to something within you. So whether you meet someone on Tinder or Bumble or Hinge or at a bar or at the beach or at a yoga class, it doesn't matter, right? Like, we live in a vibrational energetic universe and you're going to attract people who are a vibrational energetic match for something that exists within you. Now, oftentimes we attract people who are a vibrational or energetic match for the shadow side of us, right? The subconscious parts of us that we aren't aware of, the parts of us that are asking to be healed, to be loved, to be transmuted, to be accepted, to be forgiven. Oftentimes that part of us is reflected in the people we attract into our lives, both romantically or non-romantically. Every single relationship in your life, whether it lasts 10 minutes or 20 years, whether it's romantic or not, whether it's platonic or a family relationship, every single relationship that we have 
It's a container for healing, an opportunity for deep healing, because every single person is a reflection to some extent of you. And you might be like, uh, that's not true. That annoying person I dated is not a reflection of me. And they may not be a reflection of the part of you that you are consciously aware of or the part of you that you consciously identify as, but they are a reflection to some extent of a part of you that you don't have awareness around or that you're not fully embodied in. Oh, okay. Before I get off on a tangent, because I know I'm going to end up doing that, let me get into dating because I want to make this episode specifically about dating, specifically about romance, specifically about finding love or attraction or whatever it is that you're looking for. So obviously, if you've been listening to my podcast or following me at all, you know that I moved to North Carolina just about a month ago now. I've been here almost exactly, I think to this day that I'm recording, I've been here exactly a month, moved into my dream home, so freaking stoked about it. Um, And I decided to start dating. So I haven't really been dating for the past more than six months, really since probably December. And it is now September. So it's been about nine months since I've been actively dating. I've dated one person in between that time period for a short period of time. Um, But I wasn't seeking that, right? So this is the first time that I'm putting myself out there actively seeking to date. And for the past nine months, I've been deep diving into my personal work. Been working on my trauma, my emotions, my stories, my patterns, my subconscious. Been doing so much work because... Previously, previous to this nine months, I've been consistently attracting the same patterns in people over and over and over. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate when it's like you keep attracting different people and they seem great, but then the same patterns show up, right? They're always ghosting you or or they're all afraid of commitment or whatever it might be, right? They all cheat. Or there's some pattern that you keep attracting over and over and it's really frustrating. And that was me for a while. It was like I kept attracting the same kinds of people over and over and over and I look at the people I attract, it's kind of like a reflection of my inner world, the same way that your business or your bank account or anything in your life is a reflection of your inner world. So are the people you attract and the relationships that you attract or might I add, settle for. And I'm going to get into in a little bit more detail why we attract what we attract and how we reenact our stories and paradigms and subconscious experiences and emotions from childhood. Because that's a huge part of dating that I think a lot of people aren't aware of, which can lead us to trauma cycles where we continue to attract the same sort of people over and over to reenact our old trauma that we've never healed, dealt with, loved, integrated, accepted, etc. But first, let me start off sharing some of my recent experiences dating. And I do use dating apps. I usually use Bumble and... You know, especially in the middle of quarantine and everything going on, it's a lot more difficult to meet people in person and I have no shame around using dating apps. I've met amazing people from them. I made amazing friendships, amazing connections, and um, I think that they can be a incredible tool to meet people if you use them with the right energy and intention. Uh, just like anything else, it's not the thing that you do, it's the energy and intention behind it. So I intended to attract people into my life who I could have genuine connections with. And I have a really clear idea of what I'm looking for. I know exactly what I'm looking for. And I have no space in my life to settle for ending less than exactly what I'm looking for. However, what also helps is that I go about things with um, this expectation that I'm going to create a great connection with someone. Not this is going to be the love of my life or this is going to be my husband or I'm looking for my soulmate. No, I'm, I'm just out there looking to make connections with people. And 
to get to know people on a soul level and put no pressure on what it needs to turn into. I know what I'm looking for romantically, but that doesn't mean that every single person I choose to go on a date with needs to end up in that end all be all romance. So coming from that energy, I can release the resistance around the need to attract that soulmate or whatever it is that I want, right? That automatically makes it easier to attract the kind of partner you're looking for and automatically takes the pressure off of dating and makes it a fun experience rather than an experience that's full of pressure and anxiety and fear and desperation. So I've probably uh, gone on dates with three or four different people in the past few weeks and I'm going to share what has been coming up for me in the hopes that this will help anyone who's listening better understand how to work through and use their dating experiences as a container for healing so that we can act from a conscious state of awareness in our relationships or dating experiences rather than acting from our trauma or from an unconscious place and continuing to stay in that same never-ending cycle of frustration. So first thing first, started going on dates and uh, started feeling really self-conscious about my life and sharing my life and my business and the home I moved into. So I've worked through so many money beliefs in the past year, as a lot of you probably know, and I've completely turned my life around and my finances around and my business around and it all happened really quickly, right? In a matter of literally six months, I went from broke to multiple six-figure business and that was great, right? I'm so proud of it. But what I found in dating is I started to feel really self-conscious and I had this story coming up saying, oh my gosh, if these guys find out what kind of car you drive, they find out you drive a BMW or they see how big your house is, they're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're stuck up. They're going to think you're spoiled. They're not going to want anything to freaking do with you. And you know, Obviously, this is a story that I had from childhood, and when I dove into it, it's a story around I cannot be loved if I have a lot of money. I cannot be loved if I have material things, which is, of course, not a universal truth, but I learned this when I was really young. I had experiences where I was told, you know, don't talk to your friends about money. They're not going to like you. They're going to judge you. People don't like hearing about money. I had experiences where I remember hearing friends when I was very young judging other friends who had a lot of money, Uh, judging adults who had a lot of money. Um, And, you know, those things when you're very young, they might mean nothing to you when you're a kid, but that gets trapped in your subconscious. That becomes a part of your belief system on a subconscious level. And so when I was a child, the meaning I attached to these experiences where I was told don't talk about money to your friends and also heard my friends judging others for having money. The story that I accepted was that if you have a lot of money, people won't like you, they're gonna judge you, they won't love you, and you'll lose your friends. And so not only am I having fears come up now around dating, but also around friendships. The story is really, I cannot be unconditionally loved if I have money. That is a really scary thing to uncover for me because what was happening is I was starting to self-sabotage I was self-sabotaging not only my business, but also my relationships. I started to become really lazy and like back off of my business. It was like I had I wanted nothing to do with it for a couple of days. It was so weird and I love my business. I feel so aligned with it. But suddenly I was like, ugh, I want nothing to do with it. It feels stressful. I don't want to, I-, I felt creatively blocked. I was like, I don't want to make podcasts. I don't want to make posts. Like I just, I want nothing to do with it. There were like two days where I was like 
nope, like this, I, it felt out of alignment. And it was so unnerving because my business is so in alignment with me. And at the same time, I started to self-sabotage um, in the dating world. So, you know, someone would text me, see how I am, and I would just like not want to respond. I would just like just take hours and hours and hours, like didn't feel comfortable responding. It just felt really distant, like distanced from it. And what was happening was I was protecting myself. What I uncovered was subconsciously on one end of the spectrum, I thought if I have a lot of money, they're not going to like me. So my business suddenly felt out of alignment because my business creates income for me. And so subconsciously, I was trying to separate myself from the business, from the money, because the money felt like a block from me being loved. On the other side of things, I was sabotaging the potential relationships in the dating world because once again, on a subconscious level, my inner child was like, oh my gosh, if they get too close, they're going to realize that you're not lovable. They're going to realize that uh, you have a lot of money and you're a spoiled brat, which was the story I attached to people who had a lot of money when I was a kid was people who have a lot of money. They're spoiled, right? That's obviously not true. It's not a universal truth. It is sometimes true. Um, but that was the story. And so I distanced myself from people because I didn't want them to find out that I was unlikable. And this came also attached to a belief that I am boring. I have this, had also this belief from childhood that at the same time as people won't like me if I have money, I have another belief that says I am only interesting if I'm successful. And so these beliefs are clashing. I believed that my business was the only thing that makes me interesting, but at the same time, I believed that the income that I create for my business made me unlovable. And so these beliefs were clashing, which meant I was sabotaging my business for a few days. And I was also sabotaging my relationships. I didn't want them to find out subconsciously didn't want them to find out that I'm actually boring, (laughs) which is a belief from childhood. And I didn't want them to find out that I had money because that would mean I'm unlovable. And so obviously this is no way to live life. I don't want to live sabotaging relationships and I don't want to live sabotaging my business. Now, if I was unconscious of this, of these stories in this programming, I would have sabotaged my business and completely sabotaged my relationships. And this is what happens to a lot of people. They self-sabotage when they don't have awareness of what are the underlying stories. And you can uncover what are the underlying stories creating the self-sabotage when you ask yourself, what are the insecurities and fears that are coming up, right? Like I went on a date with someone. It was amazing. Went on a few dates and they didn't call me. They didn't text me. I'm like, what's going on? Oh my gosh. And I start thinking like, what what if they thought I was really boring? What if they thought my house was too big? What if they thought my car was too nice? And I hear the judgments in my head and my insecurities around why this person didn't call me are literally letting me know what within me is crying to be healed. So this opportunity, yes, I consider it an opportunity where I went on a few dates with this guy, really like him. He ghosts me, doesn't call me. This is literally giving me the opportunity to see what subconsciously has been holding me back from attracting the kind of unconditional love I'm looking for. So this happens. I start feeling really insecure, start feeling worried that my money pushed me away, that I'm too spoiled, that I came off as boring. And then I'm like, oh, hey, these insecurities are showing up. Clearly, these are stories that are existing within me that have always existed within me. And now is the time to work through them, to love them, to accept them, to integrate them, to heal them. Okay, so went through the emotions, processed the emotions, felt the feelings of, of abandonment and fear of being unloved and everything that was coming up for me and you know everything that comes up it's coming from your inner child right like we all have this little three four five year old kid existing inside of us who just wants to receive love but the way that they learn to receive love as a child for most of us was conditional 
we learn many of us when we're kids unconsciously that love is conditional that we only receive love if we fulfill xyz whatever that might be for you for me it was being successful so that i can be interesting and also not having a lot of money those are some of my stories so went through the emotions felt everything and then decided on a new belief system right which is i am unconditionally worthy of love and i'm worthy of love regardless of external circumstances in my life and so what's the next step right we have to prove to ourselves that we believe this is true or that cord can reattach that story comes back and becomes our reality again so this is where the actual taking action comes into effect um and so being really open and honest and sharing this with people in your life who who love you so for me you know i share my life very publicly and i have no problem with that for the most part sharing you know how much money i make and the abundance i'm attracting because i know it helps some new people and it helps others who listen to my podcast or look at my instagram helps them build the belief in themselves that they can do it too because i'm a reflection of you right if i can do it you can do it and so i love that i get to share that but when it comes to sharing this with people who are close to me it feels more fearful more vulnerable because that fear of they're not going to love me comes up and so for me this meant sharing with some close friends and being vulnerable about hey I have this insecurity like I have this belief that I'm not lovable because of x y and z and I just wanted to share this with you and I've never really talked about this before but this is what's coming up for me and so then my friends get to show me that hey we unconditionally love you that does not affect the car you have your bank account that doesn't affect what we feel about you and so in that moment I get to prove my belief that I am worthy of unconditional love now the next part of this is showing myself that I'm unconditionally worthy of love, changing the talk in my head, noticing when it comes up. And the next part of that is in dating, having the open, vulnerable, honest conversations right away. This means if you're dating someone and you have an insecurity, uh, you're fearful that you're not worthy of love because of X, Y, Z. That means sharing that. That means saying like, hey, I actually normally feel insecure about this. It's a big vulnerability for me. I have this story that I know comes from childhood that I'm not worthy of love because of X, Y, Z. You don't even need to go that deep if you don't want to. But being open and honest. Because the only way you can prove to yourself the belief you want to believe is by acting on it. So if you continue to hide away this part of us, maybe you have a belief that you can't be loved because of the job you have so you never share on dates what your job is or you believe that you can't be loved because you have a weird laugh so when you're on dates you make sure that you never laugh or you have this belief that i'm not worthy of love unless i uh you know have a full face of makeup so maybe next time you go on a date you don't put on a full face of makeup the only way we can disprove our belief system is to act on the new belief system if we continue to act on the trauma belief if we continue to act based on the limiting belief so that we can gain validation, gain what our inner child considers to be love, we're just strengthening our trauma. What we need to do is do the opposite, which can be very, very difficult. It's gonna feel very vulnerable. What is the condition? Everyone has conditions around, I can be loved if X, Y, Z. What are your conditions? And how can you show up and act as if those conditions didn't exist? And when you do this, right, you might feel like, oh, but like, you know, if I, let out my weird side or if I really tell them what I do for work or if I let them know how much debt I have or if X, Y, Z, if I, if that comes out, they're not going to want to be with me. They're going to run away. And the thing is, you know, if they leave, what an amazing filtration system. So you don't waste your damn time with anyone who can't hold space for you, right? If we all want to attract this divine soulmate, beautiful kind of love, 
the best way to do that is to show up authentically in all of your insecurities, in all of your vulnerabilities, with all of your stories, and to not hide any of that shit so that you can actually attract someone who can show up fully and love you through all of that and hold the space for you. And the truth is, I know a big thing with with women, a lot of women that I've talked to, I don't know if men feel the same way or anyone, but I know this is a big belief is, oh, I'm going to be too much. I'm going to be too much if I share this part of me. Like, he's going to think I'm too much. He's not going to like me. And the truth is, you are going to be too much for a lot of people. And you should be. If you're listening to this, most likely you're not your average person. Like, you're attracted to this. You're probably doing this kind of inner work. Like, you are going to be too much for a lot of people. There will be a lot of people who will not be able to meet you where you are. There will be a lot of people who will not be able to hold space for the kind of powerful person that you are and that's okay that is okay but the only way you will ever attract someone who can hold space for everything that you are is by showing up as everything that you are so with that said what I realized was when I went on dates I'd always downplay myself I was making myself smaller so that I could feel safe I was making myself seem smaller so that I wouldn't be too much, so that I could receive validation because my inner child just wanted to receive validation, words of affirmation from people. And so when I realized this, I was like, okay, no more of this, no more making myself small. And um, that is a big realization. It's like, I'm going to show up as all that I am and stop downplaying my success, stop downplaying the pride I have for everything I've created and stop downplaying who I am and how I show up in my life. And I made that commitment to myself and I showed up for that commitment, right? So next time I went on a date, I didn't downplay it. I didn't play small. I didn't just brush past it when they asked me what I did, um, which I was used to doing. Just like, oh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a life coach and uh, yeah, I help people with their mindsets. And then what do you do? Um, instead of brushing past it, I fully owned it. And like, yeah, you know what? Like, it's really successful and I'm really, really proud of it. And I put a lot of work into it. And uh, I actually used to be a big insecurity for me. Um, you know, I was always scared it would push people away, but, you know, I'm really proud of it now. And that was a powerful moment for me because, regardless of how the rest of that date went, the rest of the date actually did go very well. Uh, but, regardless of how that went, that was one of those quantum leap moments where I quantum leapt into that next timeline, into that parallel timeline where I am fully enough and I know that I'm fully enough and I get to now attract people who reflect that to me right I no longer need to attract people who find me too much because of my success or because of whatever it is because I no longer find myself too much because I now act on the belief that I am more than enough exactly as I am and it's not enough just to say that to yourself it's not enough to repeat the affirmation you have to act on it you have to show yourself that you are worthy exactly as you are. You have to show yourself that you're worthy of unconditional love and unconditional authentic expression regardless of validation. And this means that we need to act from a place of authenticity rather than acting from a place of I need to receive validation no matter what. Because when we act from a place of I need to receive validation no matter what, we bypass our own authenticity. We fall back into our old stories. And so this date I went on with um, this other guy where I actually was able to express that ended up, I mean, it was a, so much fun, such a fun date. And the best part of it was that I showed up fully as who I am. And we had probably the deepest, realest conversations I've ever had ever on a first date. And regardless of how this goes, if we see each other again or not, I feel so complete in the fact that I have changed my story. 
I've changed the way I show up and therefore my point of attraction, my personal vibration and energy has shifted, has raised to a level of unconditional love and worthiness for myself and for all of who I am. Which means that regardless of what happens in this specific relationship, I know now that I am attracting a new caliber of human beings into my life. Because we must always attract people who match the way we love ourselves, the way we view ourselves, which means that I will now attract people who love and respect me the way I love and respect myself. So when we love unconditionally ourselves with our insecurities, and in spite of what we consider to be our insecurities, we attract others who do the same. And uh, now I kind of want to talk about why we attract the people that we do attract, and especially why we are attracted to people who are bad for us and how to manifest people who are good for us. And you know, that was part of it, right? We attract people who confirm our belief systems. Um, If you feel too much for yourself, you're going to attract people who you are too much for. And that's okay, but that lets you know how you feel about yourself on a subconscious level so you can start doing the inner work and the inner healing. Now, the other side of this is that we continue to replay our childhood trauma in our relationships as adults until we become conscious of this, have awareness around it, and shift it. So let me give you an example. Let's say when you're a child, um, you had an emotionally distant parent and um, you always desired for them to be emotionally connected to you. So you always tried to perform for them, right? You were always trying to be the best daughter, get the best grades, or whatever it might be, to receive love from them. You were always trying to be a better daughter or son or whatever to receive love, but you can never receive it because they were emotionally unable to give it to you because of their own childhood trauma, okay? Nothing to do with you, had everything to do with them, but as a child, you subconsciously internalize that. Now, let's say in your adult relationships, someone is not being there for you, Maybe they are not showing interest in you. Maybe they ghost you uh, and suddenly you feel more attracted to them and you're like, what's going on? This person clearly is not giving me the, the attention I desire. They're not showing me the love I know I'm worthy of, but now I feel attached to them. Now I feel desperate, right? Now I feel desperate to make them choose me, to validate me. Like, why is it that we desire people that we can't get? Why do we desire people who don't treat us right? And so this is a reenactment of, let's say, a daughter trying to receive or have her emotional needs met by an emotionally distant father. Now, this can be recreated in an adult, in our adult experiences, as you trying desperately, or as a woman trying to receive this validation, this love from someone who is emotionally distant. Okay, because we're trying to once again receive that fatherly love and this can be recreated in so many ways. It could be mother, it could be father, it could be anything. Um, That's just one example. Another example, let's say when you were a child, um, you were always, you were yelled at a lot and it felt really shameful for you. When you got in trouble, you were yelled at, you felt shame, um, you know, but your mom or your dad or your caregiver or your teacher, whoever it was, would always tell you, like, I'm doing this out of love to help you. Um, Or maybe they just didn't show you a lot of love. And the way that you got the most attention from them was when you got in trouble and they yelled at you and you felt a lot of shame. But for you as a kid, you attached love, your experience of love, to being yelled at because you didn't receive a lot of attention otherwise. And so you found that for you, attention meant that you were loved. If someone had their attention on you, They love you. 
And the way to get someone's attention was through them yelling at you and you feeling shame. So at the same time that you felt shame, you also attached this experience as a loving experience. So you learned that love is always attached to shame. The people who love me the most yell at me and make me feel ashamed of myself. So as a child, you learn that love and shame always come together. So as an adult, you continue to attract people in your romantic life who make you feel ashamed of yourself. Uh, maybe maybe they're ghosting you and you feel really ashamed that they don't like you. Or maybe uh, you feel like you're not good enough for them and you feel ashamed that you're not good enough. They're making you feel this, or I should say they're making you, the experience is bringing up this shame in you. And over and over and over, you track relationships that make you feel ashamed of yourself. And it's because it's a reenactment of childhood, you learning that love and shame come together. Or maybe you learning that the people that love me yell at me. And so you attract people who, as an adult in your romantic relationships, uh, raise their voice. So these are just a few very big examples of how we can repeat patterns from childhood and adulthood. And this happens so that we have the opportunity to heal them and assure ourselves unconditional love. Because once again, these are examples of the way that we learn that love is conditional. You know, a lot of us are longing to feel chosen by a partner because we weren't as a child. And so we desperately want to be chosen. We desperately want to be validated. And so it may not even be that we really like this person we feel desperate for, right? Everyone's like, why do I like people who are bad for me? Why do I keep attracting this? And it may not even be genuine connection. It's just that your trauma recognizes their trauma, right? When you feel that instant spark and that attachment to someone, it's like you feel that safety because this is what you know. This is what you experienced in childhood and it feels safe to you, right? Even though these experiences may not feel good, it feels safe because this is what you know. And a lot of us have this addiction to chaos, right? We have we feel an attraction to people who are bad for us and, or don't treat us the way we want to be treated. And it's because we learn that love is chaotic. We learn that people that love us yell at us and make us feel shame or whatever it might be. And so when we have a healthy relationship or someone who healthily loves us, it might feel boring because we're so used to chaotic love and we're so addicted to chaotic love and we're so addicted to the shame or whatever the emotion is that is attached onto it. And we're so addicted to trying to receive validation and to be chosen in the way that we weren't but craved to be in childhood. And so we think if I can just get this person to choose me, even though they're ghosting me, even though they're not treating me right, if I can just prove to them that I'm good enough, they can just choose me. I'll feel loved. I'll feel validated. I'll, I'll feel good enough. I'll feel worthy. And so we're craving to feel worthy. We're craving to feel loved. And we do this by trying to convince someone else to choose us, to validate us, right? And this is one of the big reasons why we all want what we can't have and chase people who don't want us and chase people who don't get back to us. And at the same time, you know, this goes hand in hand with the understanding that people who don't treat you right or ghost you or whatever it might be, they're dealing with their own trauma. They have their own stories has nothing truly to do with you. It has to do with their trauma, their stories. Everyone, every adult who has never done this work before, as most adults have not, most adults are acting from their inner children. So it's really like we're all dealing with these like three, four, five-year-olds walking around in these adult bodysuits, but they're really acting from their trauma that they experienced when they were children. And when I say trauma, um... You know, I, I don't just mean like physical trauma. Trauma can be any experience um, that created a heavy emotion that got trapped within your subconscious when you were a child. So how do you break the cycle? Uh, number one is befriend the emotion, right? Like if you have this notice that you keep attracting 
situations that make you feel shameful, right? Like when I get ghosted, right, which happened to me, and I'm sure every woman has experienced this. I'm sure a lot of men have as well. It feels shameful. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not enough. I feel ashamed. No one can know this. And can we befriend the shame? And notice that the longing for that person to choose you, for that person to not ghost you, comes from a place of wanting to not feel the shame anymore. You want the pain to be over. And the instant gratification to end the pain is for them to choose you. And so then we put on a performance, right? We try to prove that we're good enough. Um, We post the selfies or we like send them the flirty text or we bombard them with messages hoping that they'll finally remember us and choose us, right? We're trying to prove our worth. When in reality, we break the cycle by no longer acting from the trauma, right? If we can befriend the shame and allow the shame to exist and actually let ourselves feel it, we can heal it. And then we can act on a new pattern and it can be painful to break the patterns, but you have to rewire the belief by choosing a different result, regardless of the emotional ties that you feel to the situation, which is not serving your highest good. And here's the thing. If someone wants you and unconditionally chooses you and which you should never settle for anything less than that, you won't have to question it. You will know part of breaking this bond to your trauma cycles is learning to speak your truth and ask the hard questions and not settle for anything less than being unconditionally chosen if you desire to be by that person but a lot of us have stories that say if i speak my truth i won't be desired i won't be chosen if i'm vulnerable i won't be desired if i ask what this means they're gonna leave once again if someone leaves because you speak your truth they can't hold space for the person that you are and that's okay they are not in alignment with you it is not an aligned relationship And so the only way to break these patterns is to show up and speak our truth, to be fully ourselves, to be fully authentic, and to no longer pine after or try to prove our worthiness to someone who is not unconditionally choosing us, even if you have emotional ties to them. When you have this trauma, someone goes to you, you're going to feel that, oh, oh, need them to choose me, need them to choose me, need them to validate me. And when we choose not to follow that, to act on that, When we choose, reaffirm our own worthiness and show ourselves unconditional love. We change the story and we break the cycle and we break the pattern. And it can be difficult to break these patterns when we feel emotional ties to people unless we have this layer of awareness and knowing that I feel this emotional tie to someone who's not good for me or not treating me right, not treating me the way that I non-negotiably know that I want to be treated. Not because this is a genuine soul connection, but because... I am acting from what I know and what feels safe to me. And I'm acting from my inner child's desire to be chosen and loved. And I know that I don't need this person to choose me to show my inner child that she's worthy of unconditional love. I can simply show her that right now. And we show our inner child that they are worthy of unconditional love by giving them unconditional love. Conditional love means I only feel loved when I am chosen externally by someone, when I am validated. And when I act on that belief, I reaffirm my trauma that love is conditional. I can create a new belief system that love is unconditional and I'm worthy of it unconditionally when I no longer chase validation from others, even if it's hard, even if it feels painful, even if it means I need to feel shame and embarrassment sometimes, even if it means more rejection. And this also means that we get to change our stories around what rejection truly means because when we're terrified of rejection, so much so that we will do anything to be validated and chosen, we settle for less than what we're worth and we attract over and over again patterns that we don't desire And so it is essential to change the definition of rejection. And for me, I believe the universe has my back, 100%. Source, God, the universe. 
The universe hears thoughts I'm not aware of. The universe knows intentions intentions I cannot see. The universe hears things I don't hear. And I don't know that someone who is meant to be in my life or my highest good will be in my life. They don't need to be convinced or chased. They just will be. And if someone has disappeared, I know that it's because the universe has my back. And the universe is helping to align me with my greatest good. And this situation would not have been in alignment with my highest good. And when you settle, when you settle for something, anything, even slightly less than what you're looking for, you're setting the standard for what you continue to attract into your life. And this doesn't mean that you have to find someone perfect, right? We get to grow together in these containers, these relationship containers for healing, but you set the standard for what you allow into your life, right? Someone's not communicating the way you want to communicate and you don't say anything and you let them drag you around. You're showing the universe what you feel you're worthy of and you're setting the standard for what you continue to attract into your life. And so when we speak our truth or act on our truth, regardless of our fear of projection, we get to change the story to rejection just means that I get to filter out this person who's not in total alignment with me because I want nothing less than someone who can completely Hold the space for all that I am and love me unconditionally through that. And if this person can't do that, I don't want to waste another second of my energy with them. And rejection is a way for me to not only heal, but to set my standard. And I know that anytime someone leaves or ghosts or doesn't fully show up for me, it's the universe completely having my back. You will stop attracting the same types of people over and over and over when you heal the part of you that needs them. When you uncover what the belief systems, what the unconscious patterns are that needs that in your life, that needs that kind of person, that energy to be validated, to feel safe, right? Because our old patterns of love feel safe to us. You know, I know a big one for a lot of people is like you grow up with an emotionally unavailable parent or important person in your life. You see people who don't choose you as a game, as a game on because it mirrors the desperation you felt for the emotional connection as a child. Like that is uncovering having that deeper layer of awareness around why am I attracting these kinds of people? And when you have that awareness, that is 95% of the healing. Because when you have the awareness, you get to act from the new belief, right? And of course, a big part of this is feeling the emotions. We're human beings. Feeling the emotions is a part of the healing process. We cannot avoid the pain. And when we try to avoid the pain, when we try to avoid the emotions we don't want to feel, we actually perpetuate them. Okay, so now hopefully you have at least a more understanding around why we attract what we attract and why a lot of us are attracted to people who aren't good for us and how we can start to break those patterns and own our worth. And now you might be wondering, okay, well, how do we attract someone, you know, who's actually what I desire? And so here is what has worked really well for me. And first of all, I love it because I can see my own internal growth as the people that I attract in my dating life continue to change. Uh, and every time I go on a new date, it's like I'm attracting a new caliber of, of human being, which is really exciting. And it's, you know, dating is fun. You get to literally see outside of you reflections of where you're at in your growth process. All right. So some tips for actually attracting love or the kind of partnership that you are looking for. So first thing first is we attract what we focus on. And after we have dating experiences, it's very natural to focus on what went wrong, right? They're not texting me. They're not calling me. They didn't open the door for me. They didn't do this and that. They said this. And I didn't like it. And 
we typically focus on what we didn't like and what we want to change about our dating experiences or about our partners. This applies to non-romantic relationships or experiences as well. And when we're focused on what we don't want, that's where our vibration is. That's where our energy is, where our focus goes is where our energy flows. Um, so you want to make sure that we're focused dominantly on what we do desire. So of course it's okay to vent and to complain and to get out of your system and feel the emotions and the frustration and have the hard conversations and do all the things, but then come back and ground your energy in the vibration that you want to attract back to you. So for me, what I do is I'll make a list of qualities of everything that I fully enjoyed in my experience, whatever it was. If I went on a date with someone or I had four or five dates with someone and they're frustrating me and my dominant energy right now is frustration, then I'll sit down and I'll write down all of the positive qualities that I enjoyed in that person uh, that I want to continue to attract. So consciously acknowledge and appreciate the qualities that you enjoy and admire in that person. Uh, This might work for a partnership or even like a family relationship, someone that's annoying you. Sit down for a moment and focus on the qualities in them that you have the pleasure of experiencing. And then you can also do this for yourself, right? Consciously acknowledge and appreciate the qualities that you enjoy and admire in yourself because we attract people who love us the way we love ourselves. And so if we don't ever consciously acknowledge and appreciate our best qualities, right? We tend to focus on what we consider to be our worst qualities. If we don't acknowledge and appreciate our best qualities, how can we expect to attract someone who reflects that? So we need to learn to love ourselves the way we want others to love us. Because when you attract that soulmate partnership you're looking for, they're just going to reflect back to you the love that you're already experiencing within yourself. You will never attract someone who loves you in a way that you don't already love yourself. Uh, and so your relationship with yourself and your relationship with the divine, whether whatever that means for you, whether it's your highest self, the universe, God, source, spirit, energy, that comes first. All else is a reflection of that. So focus on the qualities that you did enjoy. The next suggestion I have is make a list of the qualities you're wanting to attract in a partner and focus on becoming the embodiment of those qualities because it's so easy to say, oh, I want someone who's motivated. I want someone who's kind and I want someone who does X, Y, Z and puts themselves first. And that's all great. But are you the embodiment of that? Are you doing that in your life? Because we can only attract what we are, right? We don't manifest what we want. We manifest what we are. We attract what we are in full embodiment of. So if you want to attract a partner who puts you first, got to start putting yourself first. You want to attract a partner who gives you words of affirmation. Do you give yourself words of affirmation? If you want to attract a partner who is motivated and takes action on their inspirations, are you doing that in your life? What are your top 10 non-negotiable, non-physical aspects that you're trying to attract? And are you in full embodiment of them? If not, fully focus on that. And then my favorite tip is you can't manifest a partner from the energy of resisting not having one. Start dating yourself and have a fucking amazing time doing it. When you're so lost and enjoying your own company and and becoming this higher version of yourself and being in a full embodiment of these qualities and learning from every dating experience and healing and growing. And when you're so lost in the enjoyment of this process of becoming, 
that's when you'll attract what you're looking for. When we're so lost and externally projecting everything we need on a partner, on attracting that person, we're going to continually resist attracting the kind of person we're looking for. When we learn to have fun in the process and see each experience as an opportunity to connect and to heal and to grow, and then we focus on dating ourselves and loving ourselves and embodying this higher version of us, and we have fun with it, that's the place that manifestation comes from. That's the place that abundance comes from. That's the place that you'll attract the partner you're actually looking for. Nothing ever comes from resistance to not having what we desire, whether it's money, whether it's a car, whether it's success in your business, whether it's a partner. When we have so much resistance to not having, when we're so focused on, I don't want to be single. I don't want to be in this bad relationship. I don't want to be broke. All of our focus is on the experience that we don't want. All of our energy is going there. So we continue to perpetuate, manifest, and attract more of what we don't want. So if we want to attract a different experience, we need to have a different focus, <laughs> right? It's like, this isn't just a numbers game. This isn't just like, if I swipe 200 more people on this dating app, I got to find the one. You can attract a million different people, but if you haven't done any inner work in between relationships, in between dating experiences, you're going to attract the same person just with a different face, with a different name. You'll attract the same patterns over and over and over until you learn to look at every single experience as a reflection of you and as an opportunity for healing. When we stop seeing everything and everyone is separate from us and realize like the way I look at people, <laughs> this sounds silly, but I look at the world and I consider every single person to be me living and experiencing life in a different body, right? We're all one. We're all made of the same energy. We're all reflections of each other. So I literally look at others as, okay, that's me in a different body. That's me in a different body. That's me experiencing these, the challenges of this life in a different, in a different body. This is still a reflection of me and my consciousness in this hologram, this holographic world we live in. And that helps me to always come from a place of empathy and compassion rather than separateness and anger and victim mindset, right? Because all healing comes from a place of love first. We've got to love it to let it leave. We can't hate something away. We can't resist something away. We have to love it. And as long as we're coming from a place of resistance and anger and resentment toward others, we continue to perpetuate the exact energy that we're trying to move away from. So seeing others as a reflection of you, seeing others as you, helps to come from that place of love, empathy, and compassion, which is where all healing comes from, which is where all desirable manifestations come from. So this podcast ended up being more about healing and less about my specific dating experiences, which is probably good because whatever came forward in this episode is what was needed to be heard. And I am continuing my dating experience and there are so many ups and downs and it's so new because I've never fully been present in, in dating before because I've had so many stories and paradigms I've had to work through in the past year to allow myself to actually be present in dating and be in a space where I'm open and ready for that experience rather than just perpetuating my traumas over and over and over. <laughs> So it's exciting and it's fun and it's up and down and it's been intense, intense, intense healing and it's bringing forth so many insecurities I didn't realize were existing within me, which is absolutely incredible because I get to face them head on, dive straight into them and, and love them. And I'm learning to love, you know, all, all the parts of me, every aspect of me. And I think that our relationships are such incredible and powerful containers for unconditional love right? When we are conscious within these containers, when we are consciously dating, dating becomes an opportunity to show ourselves unconditional love, to rewrite our stories, to heal our inner children. It becomes so much more than just trying to find a partner. It's a healing journey. And 
If it's not a healing journey, then you most likely are stuck in the endless cycle of recycling the same patterns over and over and over and over. I'm continuing to stay open and I'm going to continue to go on dates and I'm going to continue to move through this process and I'm just in total surrender to whatever shows up for me and um, I will continue to update you all as I learn more. But that's basically what I'm doing right now in terms of manifestation and dating is really focusing on being the embodiment of the partner that I want to attract, focusing on being all of myself even when I feel like too much and focusing on rewriting my stories, rewriting my patterns and breaking my old habits, acting from a new energy and a new belief system. And I hope that if you're listening to this and you made it all the way to the end, that this has helped you at least a little bit gain some clarity in your own life and whether you're in a partnership or currently in the dating world like I am. And I love you so much and you're doing a great job. And none of this was ever meant to be super easy, right? What just not just dating but relationships in general whether it's family friends business partnerships romantic partnerships it wasn't meant to be easy we can flow through the ups and the downs with ease but it was never meant to be flatlined right there's always going to be polarity there's always going to be ups and downs that is how we grow but when you learn and you understand you have awareness behind the ups and the downs and you're consciously actively a participant in your healing process through relationships, then you get to flow through it with ease. It doesn't mean you don't experience the pain, you don't experience the emotions, you don't get triggered. It means you get to flow through the ups and the downs with the higher level of awareness. It means you get to see everyone as a reflection of you and as a part of you. And then it gets to be really beautiful. And then it no longer becomes a blame game of I'm not good enough or they're not good enough. It simply becomes a beautiful experience and a healing container. All right. Well, I hope that you're having an absolutely beautiful day wherever you are. And if you do want to hear more from me and you haven't already, I have my weekly manifestation trainings where we deep dive into manifestation and the subconscious mind. They're completely free. The link to watch is in the show notes. Uh, Once again, as usual, it would mean the world for me if this did resonate with you. Share it on your social medias and tag me so I can reshare If you feel inspired to, I would love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes. And if you do choose to do that, take a screenshot before you submit and email it over to my team at hello at pursuitablist.net and they will send you over uh, a little gift from me to you for your time. And I'm sending all the love and I will talk to you soon.